0: I was pleasantly surprised because it has a powerful message that is interwoven throughout this movie. Uh, This movie has just about everything that you'd want in a movie. It 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 has serious moments, it has fearful moments, it has very funny moments. And there is this main character in this movie. The first one is uh, Carl uh, Fredrickson. He's a 78-year-old balloon salesman Uh, who gets married to the love of his life, and her name is Ellie. And another main character in this movie is Russell. He is an eight-year-old boy that is a wilderness explorer who is full of enthusiasm. And our focus today, uh, as we've already said, is the healing process. All throughout the scriptures, you find that God reveals to us that he is our healer. God revealed himself to Moses in Exodus chapter 15 and verse 26 as the God who heals us. Amen. Our God is the healer. Can you say amen? One of the names that he gave himself was Jehovah Rapha, which means the Lord who heals us. There's a difference between miracles and healing. Healing is a process, but a miracle is instant. And God does them both. He performs instant miracles and He also brings about healing through a process that does not take place overnight. But sometimes it is in our walk with God that the process of healing takes place day by day. Amen. Healing is not just about physical ailments uh, being healed, but healing involves emotional ailments. It involves spiritual, it involves mental ailments, and God wants us to be whole in every area of our life. He wants us to be healed. And in this movie, we're going to look at how one man, this Carl uh, Fredrickson, goes from being uh, happy uh, and, and full of joy to a time of disappointment and frustration, and eventually begins to take the steps back toward finding healing for his life. And we're going to look at that uh, in some of these clips and God's word today and intertwine that to bring healing to you that are here today. We can't bring healing to those that are not here, but you that are here today can find healing through God's word. And so we're going to be uh, speaking on that this morning because the word of God has the answer to what we need. And I want to tell you today that life doesn't always go as planned.
1: Ah! Hey, kids! I thought you might need a little cure. I got something to show you. I am about to let you see something. I have never shown to another human being, ever, in my life. You will have to swear you will not tell anyone. Cross your heart. Do it. My adventure book. You know him. Charles Munch. Explore. When I get big, I'm going where he's going. South America. It's like America, but south. Wonder where I'm gonna live? Paradise Falls. A land lost in time. I ripped this right out of a library book. I'm gonna move my clubhouse there and park it right next to the falls. Who knows what lives up there? And once I get there, well, I'm saving these pages for all the adventures I'm gonna have. Only, I just don't know how I'm going to get to Paradise Falls. That's it. You can take us there in a blimp. Swear you'll take us. Cross your heart. Cross it. Cross your heart. Good. You promised. No backing out. Well... talk very much. I
2: like you. Wow.
0: See, this movie starts out as um, they was wanting to fulfill their life's dream. Ellie was full of life. She has all of these dreams, and she begins to share them with Carl, and they connect on several different levels in their life. They begin this marriage marriage couple together, this life as a married couple And Carl loves her dearly and wants to make all of her dreams become a reality. They have everything planned out. And wouldn't it be great if life would just go as you planned it? I mean, if it would just go like you think it's going to go and how you plan it out. uh, I, I mean, really, it would just make everything more easy if you was just able to know that life would go exactly how you thought it was going to go. But how many admit that... During your lifetime, you have, you've had disappointments. You've had things that unfolded that didn't go the way you thought they were going to go. And most of us have been disappointed. And we come, are, uh, doesn't, things don't come the way that we planned for them to. They didn't go as we expected them to. It might have been a relationship that didn't pan out. It might have been a job opportunity of a lifetime that didn't go your way. Maybe it was a diagnosis that come that you weren't even expecting. It might have been a a wayward child that seems like that everything that you have deposited into them, they've done the opposite. And, And it seems like that all of the hopes and all of the dreams that you had are now gone. All of this has uh, those, all of us have those moments in life that just don't seem to go the direction that we have planned for them to go. We uh, looked uh, last week, or the first week, at this scripture in Proverbs 19 and verse 21. It says, Many are the plans in a man's heart, but it is the Lord's purpose that prevails. Proverbs 16 and verse 21. Nine, It said, In his heart, a man plans his course, but the Lord determines his steps. Carl and Ellie had dreamed to live a life together, go to Paradise Falls in South America. Ellie had even put her husband on the spot and, and made him promise that he would take her. They were just kids then. But every man knows that if a, you, a woman makes you promise, you better make deliver on that promise, no matter how old you are. Amen. Three men. Amen. <laughs> they got married. They started this journey together. They're living life together. They go as far as to save up money for this life once-in-a-lifetime trip to Paradise Falls. And this is where things begin to break down. The car breaks down, the house needs repaired, medical bills begin to pile up. Can anybody identify? Ellie is not able to have children. It seems that nothing is going as they had planned. They started to age and they began to realize that many things that they had hoped for, many things that they had dreamed for were not going to happen like they had planned for them to happen. When, you realize, uh, when they realize this, Carl uh, does what any good husband would do. He tries to make it happen. I am going to make this happen. He goes and he buys the tickets to South America only to find out that once he gets the tickets, that the love of his life is sick. And not only is she sick, but she dies. Wow. That's a lot for one person. It seems as if nothing has ever worked for the dream, for the desire, for that that you were hoping for and believing for. And as far as Carl was concerned, life is one big disappointment. And nothing has gone as planned, and he really gives up on life. And life can be very difficult when you feel as though that all of your plans have failed. We all have seasons when it seems like that everything that is is in our life begins to stack up as failure and disappointment. And it's uh, in these seasons that we become hurt, we become bitter, and we become offended. And I want you to know today, it's more than a cliche, but hurt people, hurt people. You get the camera, you
1: get the printer, 4X optical zoom, Schneider lens, photo
2: printer, SD card. Good afternoon.
3: My name is Russell,
2: and I am a wilderness explorer in Tribe 54. Sweat Lodge 12, are you in need of any assistance today, sir? No. I could help you cross the street. No. I could help you cross your yard. No. I could help you cross your porch. No. Well, I gotta help you cross something.
4: Uh, no, I'm doing fine.
2: Good afternoon, my name is uh, Russell And I am a wilderness explorer in Tribe 54 Slow down Wet Lodge 12 Kid, Are you in need of any Thank you, but I don't days? need any
4: help L. Proceed
2: Good afternoon Skip
4: to the end
2: See these? These are my wilderness explorer badges you may notice one is missing. It's my assisting the elderly badge. If I get it, I will become a senior wilderness explorer. The wilderness must be explored! Go, go! It's gonna be great. There's a big ceremony, and all the dads come, and they pin on our badges.
4: So, you want to assist an old person?
2: Yep, then I'll be a senior wilderness explorer.
4: You ever heard of a snipe?
2: Snipe? Bird. Beady eyes.
4: Every night it sneaks in my yard and gobbles my poor azaleas. I'm elderly and infirm. I can't catch it. If only someone could help me.
3: Me, me, I'll do it!
4: Oh, I don't know. It's awfully crafty. You'd have to clap your hands three times to lure it in. I'll
3: find
2: the Mr. Frederick's
4: I think it's burrows two blocks down. If two blocks down, Good.
2: Snipy,
4: Bring it back here when you find it. Hmm? No. Stop! Stop! Hey! Hey! you! What do you What do you think you're doing? I am so sorry, sir. Don't touch that! No, no, no! Let me take care of that for Get you. Get away from hey, our me. mailbox, hey, sir! I I don't oh. want you to touch it!
3: Oh! <laughs> oh. oh.
1: Mr. Fredrickson, you don't seem like a public menace to me. Take this. The guys from Shady Oaks will be by to pick up in the morning, okay? What do I do now,
0: of Proverbs chapter 18 and verse 19. It said, A brother who has been hurt in his spirit is harder to win than a strong city. Arguing is like an iron gate of the king's house. The Bible is very clear that a person hurt is harder to be won over, and they begin their lives of arguing and contention, become part of who they are. They will We all witness a hurt person who continually hurts other people. They simply don't know how to deal with the hurt, so they argue and they fuss and they war with other people. And here is where we meet Russell. Russell is this wilderness explorer that has come to assist an elderly person so that he can get his senior wilderness explorer badge. And here we see Carl alone and bitter. Life has just not lived up to what he has expected it to be and all that he had hoped for it to be. And not only did Ellie not get to enjoy the dream of going to South America, but now he, she is gone and Carl is hurting. People that are always negative and mean to other people have usually been hurt themselves. They don't know how to deal with this hurt. They don't know how to deal with this inner pain that is going on and so they simply take it out on others that are around them. Sometimes they even take it out on those who are the closest to them. And I'm not trying to justify anyone intentionally trying to hurt other people, but many times they don't see the root issue. They are simply responding to life in the best way that they know how. And Carl is hurt. He is disappointed with life. His attitude is, I don't care any longer. He just gave up on life. And the result is that he begins to treat people poorly. He begins by treating Russell poorly. He makes up this story for him to get out of his hair. How many ever been sent snipe hunting? If you haven't been, get with me, I'll take you. He's mean to everyone. He's mean to the construction people outside his house. He's not only mean to them, but he physically harms them for hitting his mailbox. Now, it isn't the mailbox because it's just the mailbox. But what it represents is that he is, it's connecting him to his past. And you see what hurt people always do that. When you get too close to their hurt, when you get too close to their mailbox, they're going to respond in a negative way and lash out at you, and you're going to be scratching your head wondering what is wrong with you. But the reality is, on the inside, you've got too close to their hurt, you've got too close to their pain, and this is what these construction workers did. They, it, they, they, it wasn't about a mailbox. It was about the hurt that reminded him of a hope that he had that now had died. It reminded him of dreams that he had given up on. And so he lashes out at them. And they have no idea why this old man is lashing out over a mailbox. Carl is summoned to the court. The result is he he's left behind... Uh, here within this house with Ellie is now gone. He is now taken from the house. He is uh, put into a retirement home and Carl is beyond disappointed, but he feels that he is uh, the only one that has ever dealt with this. He feels like he has no options, that this is the only road that he has for him. In the meantime, he takes out his frustrations on everyone that is around him. Hurt people always hurt people. Maybe you're here today and you've been hurt by someone close to you. Maybe you you said something negative. Maybe they were not uh, there for you whenever you thought that they should have been there for you the most. How has that impacted you? Are you short with people because of those feelings? Are you now being mean to those closest to you? Because of those feelings, are you negative in relationships that God has brought into your life to try to bring help and hope to you that you, you, you've pushed them aside. You've pushed those opportunities away because of the pain that is on the inside. If this is you, then I have a question for you. What steps are you taking to bring healing to your life?
4: morning gentlemen good morning mr. Fredrickson you're ready to go <laughs> ready as I'll ever be would you do me a favor and take this I'll meet you at the van in just a minute I uh, want to say one last goodbye to the old place sure take all the time you need sir that's typical He's probably going to the bathroom for the 80th time <laughs> you think he'd take better care
3: of this house
0: Let me ask you again, what steps are you taking to bring healing to your life? Are you going to stay hurt and offended? Are you going to treat others the way that you've been treated? Are you going to complain all the days of your life? Are you going to take some positive steps that God can bring healing and hope back to your life again? The scripture is clear. Faith is action this is not observation james said faith without works is dead i don't i don't understand i do understand that faith it comes by hearing and hearing by the word of god but i also understand that faith is something that you act out on it's a step that you take james also said that we prove our faith by what we do This retirement home workers come to pick Carl up. And Carl had thought about everything and he decided that he was uh, going, just had two options left. And he was going to do something about it. And he could either stay hurt and bitter or he could get up and do something about his life. He could go to this retirement home and he could, uh, where all of his dreams of his life would just be gone forever and he could just stay there and age and then he could die or he could take some steps to life change. He could take some steps to getting past his yesterday. The hard truth is this, we do not have any right to stay disappointed, frustrated, or mad. We, we really don't have the right to continue to hurt people because we have been hurt in some experience of our life. At some point, we have to make a decision that we're going to do something different, that we are not going to stay this way the rest of our life. At some point, we have to take some steps in the right direction so that God can bring healing to our life. I'm talking about the healing process today, and I know that God is our healer, but we have to decide that we want to be healed. Do you want to be hurt and bitter and angry for the rest of your life because things did not go the way that you intended for them to go? Or do you want to know what some people struggle with the most in their life? Some people have been hurt and bitter so long that they allow their hurt and their bitterness to identify them. They enjoy bitterness. Their bitterness gives them an excuse to be mean to everyone around them. We like being upset and mean. We say things like, I wish I could change. I wish I wasn't like this. I wish I could do different. I wish things were different in my life. But you see, the real truth is some people have been coddled way too long. And we have people around us that enable our dysfunction. We have people constantly asking us, are you okay? That's perfectly fine in the beginning. But if we're asking you five years later, are you okay? And we have to continue to tiptoe around your dysfunction. That's not okay. God wants to bring healing into your life. He wants to bring strength to you. Where that pain and that hurt has uh, come into your life, He wants it to be the strength that comes out of your life. And only God can do that. The gospel of the kingdom is not about constantly giving a hand out. It's about giving a hand up. It's about reaching down to where people are hurting and lift them up out of that mess that they are in so that they can get on a different level in life and begin to be all and do all and accomplish all that God has attended for them. So I ask you again today, what steps have you taken? If you're not moving forward in healing, then you are not prepared to be healed. You guys know the definition of insanity, right? Right? Einstein said it. He said, doing something over and over again and expecting different results is insanity. Here's the deal. We have to continue to live life and go on with life. It doesn't just stop because we've been hurt. It doesn't stop because things don't go the way that we have planned. Life goes on. What does this mean, Pastor? You have to do everything in your power to continue to live. I'm not talking about existing. I'm not talking about just trying to get by. What I'm saying is that there is a place of healing for you where that when you were once disappointed and where the hurt once was and where many times the decisions that you have made only seem to bring bitterness and disappointment and frailty to your life, God has a healing place for you that it isn't just about trying to make it, but it is about living an abundant life that Jesus Christ paid for you on Calvary for your total healing. Amen? I'm reminded of a scripture of four lepers that were sitting on the outside of the gates ready to die. And from the outside looking in, it seemed like they had every right, if anyone had a right to just stay and whine, if anyone had a right to just give up and die, it was these four lepers But they began to take an analysis of their situation and they asked themselves a question, why sit we here till we die? In other words, nothing is going to change in our situation until we get up from here. And when we get up, perhaps things will change. Carl decided to change his outlook. He was willing to do something radical. He tied these balloons to his house and decides to go where he and Ellie have planned all of their lives to go. He was determined that he was going to fulfill his dream. He was going to fulfill what he set out to do as a little boy. He fulfilled that with optimism and with excitement. Uh, You have to change your perspective and there are other people in this world besides you.
4: Thanks for keeping us dry anyway, Ellie.
2: Which one's the front? Is this step three or step five? (laughs) There. (laughs) All done. That's for you. Oh, tents are hard.
4: Wait, aren't you super wilderness guy with the GPMs and the badges?
2: Yeah, but can I tell you a secret? No. All right, here it goes. I never actually built a tent before. There, I said it.
4: You've been camping before, haven't you?
2: Well, never outside.
4: Well, why didn't you ask your dad how to build a tent?
2: I don't think he wants to talk about this stuff.
4: Well, why don't you try him sometime? Maybe he'll surprise you.
2: Well, he's away a lot. I don't see him much.
4: He's gotta be home sometime.
2: Well, I called, but Phyllis told me I like bugging too much.
4: Phyllis? You call your own mother by her first name?
2: Phyllis isn't my mom. Oh. I promised he'd come to my explorer ceremony to pin on my assisting the elderly badge. So he can show me about tents then, right?
4: Hey, um, why don't you get some sleep? Don't want to wake up the, uh, traveling flea circus.
2: Mr. Fredrickson, Doug says he wants to take Kevin prisoner. We have to protect them. Can Kevin go with us?
4: Ah, he can come.
2: Promise you won't leave him. Yeah. Cross your heart. Cross my heart.
0: What have I got myself into, Ellie? This is the part of the movie where Carl comes to a realization that there's more to life in the world going on besides him. He wakes up and makes a decision to take steps going toward a future and a better life. But the moment that he realizes that it's not just about his disappointments. It's not just about his hurts. But he comes into a time in his life where he realizes there's somebody else in life. And he comes here comes Russell, this wilderness explorer, and Carl understands he don't have the best home life. His father is always gone. His mother is not in the picture. And Carl realizes that it's not all about him. What did Jesus say in Matthew 22 and verse 37? He said, you must love your Lord, your God, with all of your heart and with all of your soul and with all of your mind. And this is the furthest and the greatest commandment. verse 39, he said, the the second is likened unto it that you must love your neighbor as yourself. Many times we are miserable because we're focused on ourselves. We Jesus clearly taught that our main focus is not ourselves. Matter of fact, he taught us that the kingdom that we need to deny ourselves. The first two things that he talks about in his commandments to us is number one, putting God first. And number two, it is to love our neighbor, those around us as ourselves, no wonder we're so miserable, we're caught up on ourselves, we're focused on me, and we live in a me society, and and we have been taught that, right, everything tells us, you deserve a break today, you deserve this, it's all about you, if nobody takes care, if you don't take care of you, nobody else is going to take care of you, it, our society and culture pushes us to talk and look and focus upon me and myself. Have you ever met someone that is so self-absorbed that they can't even hear what you're saying? I mean, they may listen, but they ain't hearing nothing. They, In fact, you know, in your mind that while you're talking to them, you know in your mind that they are thinking about what they're going to say and after you have a five minute conversation you walk away and say they didn't hear nothing I just said some people are so self-absorbed that the only person they like to hear talk is themselves and even when it's not necessary to speak they talk and even when they don't know what they're talking about they feel the need to still talk And if they would just shut up for five minutes, they could learn something about life. Let me help you today. Nobody knows everything about life. You don't know everything. I don't know everything. A matter of fact, if we could just learn to listen sometimes in our life, we would be much better off than talking. For the first time in a long time, Carl realizes that his life wasn't all about him. That he realized that his life wasn't all about his disappointments. It wasn't all about his suffering. For the first time, he realizes that just maybe, just maybe, all of this disappointment, he could use it to help somebody else. I want to say this real strong to you today. Until you get God and others before you, you will continue to be miserable in your life. And you will never find healing that you need for you. Fulfillment in life begins when you find God and you accept him as Savior and Lord of your life. And then learn how to put others before yourself. Jesus summed it all up. The entire uh, law by saying we need to love God and we need to love others. You have to give up the past to be able to step into your future.
4: Russell?
0: Sometimes you just got to get some junk out of the trunk. Philippians 3 and 13 said, Christian brothers, I do not have said that I have life yet, but I do one thing, forgetting those things which are behind. I look forward to that which is ahead. Sometimes you have to give up the past so you can step into your future. Carl finally comes to an understanding that until he lets go of some stuff in his past, he's never going to be able to get to that uh, place that he hoped to get to. And you have to understand today that we have to let go of some stuff before if we're going to embrace our future, we've got to let go of the past. He understood that if he didn't let go of his past, there would be no future. And so, therefore, he chose to give up some stuff that he held on to. He realized that his future was connected to Russell. Russell needed him to let go of his past. And so, he began so that he could begin to mentor him and he could help him so that uh, Russell would not come to a place in life where he was. Who is it in your life that needs you to let go of some things in your past? Who is it that needs you to let go of some things so they can you can enjoy a fruitful relationship with them Is it your spouse Maybe it's your kids Maybe it's your mom and dad Maybe it's an employer or an employee As hard as it sounds we are commanded in scriptures that we let go of the past and reach For our future. And that's what God has for us. He has a future for us. We're we're not prepared for our future until we let go of our past. We are not qualified for our future until we let go of our past. And this is an important truth that we have to consider and understand. Some of us are so frustrated with our present because we haven't been able to let go of our past. We can't even enjoy our present. All of those things are over, they're gone. But we can't even enjoy our present because we will not let go of our past. But I want to tell you today, it's only healed people that can bring healing to people.
3: Team Mountaineering Lore, congratulations Jimmy. For Wild Animal Defensive Arts, congratulations Brandon. For Assisting the Elderly, Russell, is there someone that, uh...
4: Excuse me. Pardon me. Old man coming through. I'm here for him. Congratulations, Russell. Sir? Russell, for assisting the elderly and for performing above and beyond the call of duty... I would like to award you the highest honor I can bestow—the Ellie badge. Wow.
2: That's
4: a fire <laughs> Maybe I need new glasses.
0: you, we find a scripture that tells us there in chapter 10 and verse 8, heal the sick and those who have bad diseases, raise the dead, put demons out, freely you have received, now give much. Jesus was letting his disciples know that what he had done for them, now they needed to do for someone else. He called them together and anointed them and gave them power over sickness, disease, demons. And he said, freely you have received, now freely go and give. We cannot give what we do not have. If we are hurt and bitter and offended, we are useless to people around us. But if we have been healed, we can take that which we have been given and share it with others. So that they can be healed. And this is what happened to Carl. He moved from hurt and bitterness and offense to healing. This process was not overnight. This process was a journey. This was something that had taken place and he walked it out every day. But once he began this process, it began to walk it out. Then we see that he was able to pour the oil and the wine into a young hurting rustle who had a poor family life, who didn't have a father that seemingly cared and his mother was out of the picture. Instead of using your hurts and wounds as an excuse, why don't you allow God to bring healing and help and hope into your life so that you can touch other people's lives and so that they can be changed? Why hold on to the past for 20 years and lose out on life and hurt others along the way whenever you could be a testimony of God's healing power in your own life and what you have been through to know that God is your strength and your help this is what Carl what happened to Carl this hateful hurt old man had a life that didn't go as planned And he begins to settle in on some things in his life that that he said, You know what? I cannot change what has happened, but I can change my future, and I can change somebody else's future. Once you've been in a place like this, you should be quick to respond to help someone else. You should be willing to go to where the hurting are and tell them there is a healing Jesus. And that you don't have to live a life of dysfunction and hurt and brokenness all of your life. But you can know the healing that I have found in Christ Jesus. And your life can be changed forever. If we want our life to be better than it is right now, we have to answer the question that Jesus asked the sick man at the pool of Bethesda. He asked him a tough question. He, here is a man that is crippled laying there. All of these years and Jesus walks up to him and asks him, do you want to get well? He responds immediately with excuses why he can't get healed. And Jesus turns back and says, that's not what I ask you. I ask you, do you want to be healed? Do you want to get well? I want to talk to some folks today that are here and ask you, do you want to get well? Do you want to be healed? Or do you want to hold on to your past? Pastor, you don't know what's happened to me. No, I probably don't. But the reality is that's not the question. The question is, do you want to get well? You say, well, Pastor, all of this and I don't know. That's not about the question is, do you want to get well? Because this is not on me today. This is on the God that I serve. And he said, if you would call upon him, he would answer you. And he would deliver you from all of your troubles. Well, you don't know the bondage that I'm in. Do you want to get well? You don't know the the suffering that I have dealt with. Do you want to get well? You don't understand my family life and how, how I've been. But do you want to get well? Do you want to be healed? Today is a day that God has assigned for us to come together such as we are here today. For us to answer this question that he asked at the pool of Bethesda, Do you want to get well? Do you want your life to be better? Do you want healing to come into your life where that hurt and brokenness and despair has come? Do you want God to change that for you? So that your future will be brighter than your past. So that your pain and your hurt and your frustration and your bitterness will end. And you can have a testimony in your life that, yes, I've been through the trouble. I've been through difficulty. I've been through hurt, been through pain, been through disappointment. But you know what? Jesus came. And I put him first in my life. And everything changed. Maybe you're here today and you say, Pastor, I'm serving the Lord, but you know what? I've got some hurt. I've got some pain. You've got to be willing to do what Carl did and be willing to throw some stuff out. You've got to empty your house. You've got to empty all of the hurt and the pain and all of the things that, that keep reminding you of yesterday. And you've got to be willing to push it out and say, I'm over it. I'm done with that. I'm not going to hold on to that pain anymore. I'm not going to hold on to that hurt any longer. But today, I'm going to give it to God. Say, God, you are my healer. You are the one. Do you know this? That Jesus is the only one that reserved the right to not only be in your present, but able to go into your past. And take you into your future. He said it like this. I'm the same yesterday, today, and forever. In other words, he can go into your past, deal with your hurts, your pain, your bitterness, and your frustration. Bring you into your future or your present and say I've got a bright future for you. Only God can do that. Those who have lived life long enough know that life isn't going to be exactly how you think it is. But you know what? On those days when life doesn't go exactly the way I think it should, I've still got an ever-present help in the time of my trouble. When life seems so chaotic and messed up, I still have a healer. And so today, I want to say to you, maybe you're here this morning and you don't know Christ as your personal Savior. That's the first step to bringing healing into your life. There is no healing outside of Christ. They can put you on medicine. And I'm not against medicine. But medicine will only cover up the problem. It'll help you deal with it for a little bit. But Christ is the one that can reach into your heart and into your life and bring healing to the pain that medicine cannot change. You can go and you can talk to people, but people can only help you so much. And thank God for godly counsel. We all need it. But only God can give you a bright future. And so today... As we come together, I want us to answer the question, all ourselves, do you want to be healed? Do you want to be healed? Do you want your life to be different than it is today? Those whose life hasn't gone as planned, you become bitter and broken. You can't seem to get a grip on things in your own mind and your emotions. But there's a healer in the house today. There's hope for you today, sir. There's an answer for your brokenness today, ma'am. And all we have to do is call upon him. And he promised, if you'll call on me, I will answer you. Show you great and mighty things that you know not of. in the stillness of this moment I feel the Holy Spirit hovering over this place and there are many people that are dealing with hurt and dealing with pain but let me tell you something don't walk out of here carrying that mess with you do what Carl did and unload the mess the tabernacle's a safe place to fall apart. The tabernacle's a safe place just to give it all to God. And there isn't going to be nobody judge you or criticize you or say, I thought they had it all together. Because what good does it do to make people think you've got it all together if you can't sleep at night? What good is it if the hurt and the pain is becoming more and more every day and you need the peace of God that surpasses all understanding? More importantly, what is it to make people believe that you have given your life to Christ if you yourself know that you're not living a life for Him? It's all in vain. And your world will come crashing down. I want you to stand with me today, please. I want to ask that you would just be reverence in this moment, lest it's emergency, that you would just stay right here with me for these next couple of moments. With your heads bowed for just one moment, I want to ask here today, I want to give two calls today. First of all, I want to call out to you that you say, Pastor Brian, you know what? I haven't given my life to Christ. I'm not serving the Lord. Whatever terminology you want, but you have not committed your life to Christ. Or you've drawn cold and indifferent in that relationship. And you would say today pastor i just want to give it all to god i want to give my life to him i don't want to live with this hurt this bitterness this sin any longer but i want to give it to him today right there where you're standing you just raise your hand and say i want to make that commitment today god bless you god bless you yes god bless you